All right, welcome to Electric Skatecast. This is episode 22. Uh, so this is season three, episode two. Um, and I am your host, Jay Gran GR, or as some of you may know me, Joe. And with me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Terminal X. Good evening. And we have a guest tonight uh, that is lighting up the world. In a high-level way, I would add. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric from Shred Lights, how are we doing? Doing great. Happy to be on the show and get into some cool topics today. Yeah, absolutely. We're super stoked to have you. Um, we're going to kind of touch on uh, who you are and for those that may not know about who Eric uh, Berkness is. And uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of get a little background and then we'll jump right into Shred Lights and how that came about and uh, just dive real deep into it. So uh, let's just jump right off the gate. Tell us about yourself, Eric. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll start with where I'm from. I was born in Colorado Springs, but uh, when I was four, uh, my family moved to Minnesota. And uh, I have three older brothers. So I'm the youngest of four boys, so that made for a lot of uh, fun in the house growing up and stuff. Definitely stressed the hell out of my mom. Oh, yeah, rambunctious. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just like my family. I'm uh, I'm the third of four. Nice. Okay. So I get it, man. Four boys. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nonstop chaos. That's right. Yeah, and and as I'm sure you can relate, you know, anything my older brothers are doing immediately became something I wanted to do. Yep, um, exactly. So yeah, my my uh, my older brothers got into uh, snowboarding and then skateboarding in Minnesota. So I you know picked that up and was hitting the mountains all the time with them. Well, I guess in Minnesota it wasn't it wasn't much of a mountain as more the but, hills, hill, <laughs> the hills yeah. in Minnesota, the, the bumps <laughs> in the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we made the most out of winter. Um, and then the summer, yeah, it was about, you know, skating as much as we could. And then as my brothers got older, uh, they kind of didn't skate as much anymore, but I found a local group of friends and we got just super into skateboarding. And in the winter, you know, there's some indoor skate parks around Minnesota. It's so my friend, Alan, uh, his mom, Stacy is just like a saint. She's like been a role model growing up and she's a huge, <laughs> huge reason I'm so into skateboarding today. And she had this uh, van. She let us put skate stickers all over the outside of it. And oh, she would awesome. uh, take us all over Minnesota to these different skate parks. And some of them required like uh, permission slips and stuff. And she'd be the only parent there. So she would be our adopted mother when she had to be inside the permission slip so we could go skate. And then um, that kind of led to, uh, you know, hey, this is kind of a lot of work and effort to get around and go to all these different skate parks. And so me being in fifth grade i think at this time i think i was you know like 12 years old i yeah. uh i made a mini ramp out of popsicle sticks and i brought it over oh, to their yeah. house and i was like stacy we're gonna make a mini ramp in your basement and then you don't have to drive <laughs> around to skate parks anymore and to this day i can't believe that she bought it but she was like all right yeah i'm on board shout so, out to stacy oh yes. yeah huge shout out <laughs> So oh my then, uh, we went to Home Depot and over the next couple of months, we built a mini ramp in the basement. So I got to kind of learn about uh, construction a little bit, how to make skate ramps. And then, you know, I was over there as much as I possibly could be. <laughs> my mom didn't see much. Oh, I'm sure. Before. Yeah. So that's really, you know, where I really grew my passion for skating. You know, it was, it was all about skating for me every day after school and stuff. And then over the next uh, five or six years throughout middle school and high school, they financed some more ramps for us. So the basement mini ramp turned into a few few mini ramps in the basement, plus a couple quarter pipes and some rails and boxes in the backyard. Awesome. And we, yeah, we, we took over the house. So God bless Stacy. But yeah, that's really where I kind of got my passion for skateboarding. 
And then, so I was in high school. I played lacrosse in high school, actually. So that was pretty fun. Um, and then kind of, I guess, where this is going to is kind of how I got the spark for entrepreneurship, um, which yeah. inevitably led to shred lights. But um, yeah, it's pretty funny. So in high school, I used to go to thrift stores like crazy and try and find all this like retro merch. And this was like a year before uh, Thrift Shop by Malcolmore came out. Oh, so. man. Like, Good timing. I, yeah, we were a little ahead of the trend there. Um, and one of my buddies were in there one day and he saw these Air Jordans and he's like, holy shit, guys, these are like $200 shoes and they're like $4.99 at the thrift store. And they're like all beaten up, but they're still, you know, have some value. Yeah, there's there's still value. Yeah, exactly. So basically over the next two years, him and I went to basically every thrift store. We started getting numbers of the cashiers telling us, hey, if any Air Jordans show up, call us. And we basically started buying Air Jordans um, and taking them home, painting them, cleaning them up, and selling them on eBay. And so over two years, we made about $5,000 in profit oh my gosh. from selling all these. Sneakerheads are wild, point? man. It How old were you nuts. at this point, Eric? Uh, this was when I was 15 to 17. Okay, okay. Nice. That's some good money for a 15-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what was super important is that I was also working at a local... Uh, pizza and hoagie shop you know hoagies i don't know if you guys know about those they're hot oh, yeah. tub super oh, yeah. minnesotan um oh yeah very midwest yep so uh i was working there and i was making like 760 an hour 715 hours something like that and then when my shift was done i would take all my money and go buy shoes so oh my gosh how i always like to kind of reference back to it is like i understood that it's not about how hard you work it's about how much value you put out into the world so that really kind of changed my thinking. And I saw all, the, all my older brothers graduating college and, you know, in the job hunt and trying to, you know, get a career. And I saw how stressful it was for them. So it really kind of planted the seed in me of like, okay, maybe if I can just create, you know, value in a big way, you know, maybe then yeah. I can start my own company um, and, and do my own thing and not ever have to get a job. <laughs> um, so that was kind of, yeah, really my mindset. And, and I would say that was right at the end of senior year. Um, and at this point, all three of my brothers went to college in Minnesota, and their advice to me was like, if you want to go out of state, go for it. They all kind of had regretted staying in state uh, to some extent. You know, they had good experiences and whatnot, but they're like, if you want to go, you should go for it. So I came out to San Diego for the first time, and I visited SDSU, babes everywhere, palm trees everywhere. It's 75 <laughs> degrees. I'm like, no matter what it takes, I'm, I'm going to come to this school. So when I started applying to colleges, I told my parents that I was applying to schools in Minnesota and in the Midwest, but little did they know, I only applied to SDSU and USD. And then when May rolled around and it was time to pick a school, I told them, well, hey guys, these are the only two colleges I got accepted to. So if you want me to go Very to college, clever. I have to move to San Diego. <laughs> you have to, there's no other choice. I mean, you're exactly. technically right. I mean, yeah. you know, those are the only two options. And their their thing was that you have to go to college, and they encouraged me to apply in Minnesota, but the only requirement was that I had to go. So I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. Um, mm. So then it worked, and I got out to SDSU and basically still had this kind of mindset for entrepreneurship, and I'm, I'm a pretty extroverted person. I love to meet new people and do new things. Yeah. So I, uh, I joined the Entrepreneurship Society, and uh, there... Um, I found an incubator called the Zon Innovation Center. Now it's called the Zip Launchpad, but at the time it was called the Zon Innovation Center. Yeah. And it's this really cool incubator that provides resources for students to start a company. So I 
I was still kind of in selling these Air Jordans in my free time. And so I thought, what if I could create an online marketplace marketplace where people could sell used Air Jordans and other streetwear? So from October, you know, this was like three weeks into school. <laughs> I was like starting yeah. a business. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so you know, I wasn't well, bold move. I wasn't concerned about my major or anything else. I was like, let's just get right to it. So yeah. I started um, trying to figure out how to learn how to build a website um, from October to like January and uh, learned how to make a pretty shitty website. And I launched the steesdepot.com. And that was, oh, that was my first business. That's I ever the name. Can, can we can we type that in the chat real quick, just for research Steez purposes here? Depot. Yep, Steez the Steez Depot. Depot. Let's see. Oh yeah, you want me to type that in? Oh my gosh. Yep. There you go. So sorry, oh, the Instagram still exists. Oh, did you find oh. it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I was psyched here? on it, and, and it turned out like that industry blew up over the next few years. So I, you know, I, oh I had gosh, the right yeah. mindset. But I kind of quickly learned that like this was going to be a shitload of work to get you know an actual site where people could create accounts and sell, and I could verify oh, yeah. if they're legit. And, and I kind of started to realize like how passionate am I about shoes? <laughs> am I willing to you know dedicate yeah. years to yeah. this idea? And right. I kind of answered that question pretty quick. I was like, I, I don't know about that. So as I was kind of thinking that you know this may not be the one, I was in the, the Zip Launchpad working on the idea. And this is literally exactly how it went down. I walked out of the door and right in front of me is a poster on the wall for shred lights. So I'm like, huh, what is that? So I start reading the poster and it's like cracks kill, you know, get headlights for your skateboard and then you can skate all night. And obviously I had, you know, this passion for skateboarding and I was yeah. kind of asking myself the question, like, what am I actually passionate about? What could I put a lot of time into? And I was like, this is it. Like, holy shit, this is a sick idea. So at the time there was a guy named Drew who had founded Shred Lights. Um, he thought of the name. He had the original bulb logo and uh, the text logo, uh, which modified it slightly, but pretty much the same one we use today. Yeah. And so I shot him an email and I was like, hey, dude, I love your idea. Can I buy some Shred Lights from you? <laughs> and uh, is there any opportunity to, to help you guys out? And so he said, yeah, actually, the only thing we really re need right now is a website. Do you know how to make a website? Well, there you go. So, Do I ever? Boom, steezdepot.com. Go check it out. That's right. I, I literally launched it like two weeks before that. Oh so my gosh. It was the just timing. like, yeah, the timing was was crazy. So, it, you know, I got goosebumps right now even just telling the story because it's so crazy what all this led to. Um, so basically he hired me for $80 to build the very first Shredlights website in the spring of 2014. So I got to know the team and... I saw it as like, hey, I, I see more than just a website, so I have to just kill this website and impress these guys so that way, you know, they want to keep me around. And that's basically what happened. So I spent two months building a website. It was pretty bad, but it worked and impressed Drew, and he really kind yeah. of saw my work ethic and my dedication. So he was like, all right, like, let's figure out a way to keep you around. So at this point in time, uh, Drew was the founder and then his girlfriend, Nicolette, was doing our graphics, and she's the one that actually designed the original Shredlights logo. And then we had a guy named Kyle, who was uh, our engineer. And so it was us four. And basically from 2014 to 2016, we were just rapid prototyping like crazy. And it turned out that building yeah. lights to put on a skateboard that didn't break was much, much harder than we thought. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Skater, oh, skaters sure. are notoriously tough on their products. Exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah, it, it was really challenging to figure out how to do this. And so at the time we were, we, you know, we had our team in the zip launch pad and they had different like goals that we had to reach each semester and they had a bunch of 3d printers. So we we're able to use the 3d printers and start making prototypes. And basically in 2016, we had a uh, kind of our first MVP, which uh, for those who don't know is a minimum viable product, which is basically like the bare minimum that is going to solve the problem, you know, that you're trying to solve. Um, and at this time, under Drew's direction, Drew is like a really sick trick skater. He is, used to be sponsored, you know, could like, he has all these sick video parts, kick flipping eight stairs, and, you know, he's oh my a gosh. really good skater. So uh, we were really focused on selling these street skaters. And so we decided that Kickstarter was going to be the move for us uh, to get this project off the ground and get our first tooling done and, uh, and you know, build our first real product. Yeah. So in 2016, on Go Skate Day on June 21st, we launched our Kickstarter. Um, we spent about go. three months prepping for it, and it failed miserably. And the oh, reason no. being that <laughs> we 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 only had like three shred lights in existence that were like hacked together using 3D prints and these molds that Kyle was making, and they're right. super ugly. So we couldn't really, you know, anyone that was like an influencer at the time that was going to help us promote it wanted to test it before they would, you know, say if it was good or bad. Right. We didn't have any lights to send them. So it was super difficult to uh, get anything out there. But um, yeah. we did actually get on the local ABC News in San Diego, which was super sick. So that's on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you guys want to check it out and you kind of see what Shred Lights was like at the time that I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was so sweet. Like... They came in the afternoon and uh, the interviewer, Joe, like interviewed us on the thing, did this whole piece. And then at 5.30, I went home and uh, at the time I was actually playing lacrosse at STSU as well. So I lived with like seven of my teammates and, you know, we, we throw the ABC news on and me and all my buddies are watching me on the news. You're talking about there you Joe are. Like, yeah. And it was like one of the oh coolest gosh. moments ever. Like all my buddies were so pumped. We're all cracking beers, cheers in, like we made it, you know, we're on the news. So then... <laughs> After I'm like watching the Kickstarter, I'm like, all right, just ready for the sales to start flowing in, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you're ready for all the money, right? That exactly. Like, we're on the news, you know, it just automatically means we're going to get money, right? Well, right. that was not right. That did not happen, actually. Um, so over the next 30 days, we, we worked really tirelessly to try and sell the product. And um, a really, really funny story uh, that I trace back to like, understanding that street skaters are not our target market was I went to a, a trade show in Long Beach called Agenda Trade Show. And all these pro skaters, there are all these pro skate brands. And I have these, you know, mangled 3D printed shred lights with me, hoping to find a pro skater, you know, to give them to. Right, right. So I'm walking down the halls and I ran into Jamie Thomas. Uh, do you guys know who Jamie Thomas is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I see see Jamie Thomas. I'm like, holy shit. So I'm like shaking. Like palms are sweaty and stuff. And I go up to him. I'm like, Jamie, what's up, dude? Like, check out my product. I've been making this product, you know, for the last three years. The headlights for your skateboard. And he just looks at me with like the most unenthusiastic face and goes, well, this is a gimmick, right? Like who the fuck wants lights? Sorry, excuse my language. I don't know if I can swear or not. But no, you're, you're totally, you're good. You're good <laughs> yeah, bro. Go he goes, it. he literally says to my face, who the fuck wants spies? This is just a gimmick. And then I'm like, well, do you want them? So he takes them and then he goes, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I watch him walk away and he just throws them right in the trash. <laughs> oh, no. Jamie Thomas. You have so, some explaining to, be to fair, do. That's very like Jamie Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I've actually like, <laughs> I've actually encountered him again recently, and and we we laughed about it, and I, I can get to that later. But <laughs> I, I honestly, do. I don't blame him at all because I totally like bombarded him. He was there like to see his homies. He was in a rush. You know, he has yeah. a busy schedule. Well, and imagine how many kids run up to him all the time. Hey, I got this great idea, and like I just need you to do this exactly. Exactly. So I didn't really, you know, I, I just told him what he could do for me, you know, and obviously yeah. that, that didn't yeah. come off well. So, I, you know, I no blame for him, still respect the guy and everything. And honestly, it was like the most important thing that could have happened to me at the time because I realized like, you know, this is a guy who's like, the, you know, a legend in the skate industry. And if he's that against it, like that's yeah. a sign. So I went back to Drew and I told him about my story with Jamie Thomas and he was like, holy shit, that sucks. So basically what ended up happening is at the time I was still in college, um, working part-time jobs and stuff, but I was going to school. So I didn't really need, you know, a full-time job yet. Um, right. And so he was 26 at the time and he had just graduated with a business degree. So he was like, you know, he needed to start making a real salary. And so there was a lot of pressure on shred lights to try and start generating revenue, you know, right. so he, he could have a job out of it. Yeah. Take off, be successful. Exactly. Yeah. So after our failed Kickstarter, I raised a little bit of friends and family money. It was uh, $10,000 uh, from my dad in my next door neighborhood in Minnesota. Um, and we took that and we bought our first injection molds and basically got this first product that was that the rubber casing was injection molded and then every other part on it was 3D printed because we could only afford one mold. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So we started selling these um, and I think over 12 months we did like five thousand dollars in revenue so it's kind of exciting but definitely not any validation yeah not what you were expecting yeah no yeah not any validation that this could be a business so uh in early 2017 we had a conversation and drew basically said hey you know I i'm done with this it's you know i don't we've tried as hard as you could i think it's not going anywhere and so i really felt differently i felt like you know long borders are who need this people getting from a to b not people doing tricks and, I, right. and, we, and he was never down to test that market. Um, he was just like always so dedicated to launching a cool skate company, you know, to the core skaters. So right. um, when he left, uh, Kyle and I took over. And as soon as we took over, we were like, all right, like now our destiny is in our hands and we can do, you know, we can sell to whoever we want. It, you know, we don't have to listen to Drew. So first thing we did, I think we at the time we had about 100 customers and we emailed them and asked like what time what kind of skateboard are you guys using these on and we had like a, a questionnaire that they filled out with multiple choice answers and right. the answers that we provided were a skateboard a penny board a longboard or other and so you know we sent this out thinking most people would fill out longboard well out of like the 40 or 50 responses we got uh, i think we had like 25 that said boosted board and that oh, was okay i like where this is going yep. yeah so that was the very first time i heard of a boosted board so of course you know i google it and at the time their kickstarter had just ended and they just started getting the v1s out and that was like the epiphany of like this is who needs shred lights so yeah. we got on their website we bought a boosted board and i think at the time it was like a six month lead time to get a board so we started waiting oh for yeah that. well they were hand making them back then exactly so uh I started asking friends of friends, you know, do you know anyone that has an electric skateboard? And we found, I located one and it was like, I don't even know the name of it. I think it was like an early unique board. Cause they, you know, you know, they were around pretty early. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so we went out and did a photo shoot and started, you know, marketing them as electric skateboard lights. And that's when we started seeing a ton of traction. And that's when the electric skateboarding Reddit, you know, was just getting started. And people were like, holy shit, guys are actually making, you know, lights for these things. And that's when we started getting some traction and started selling more lights. It still wasn't super significant, but we understood like, this is the target customer um, for us, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, right, it was all like, who do we actually provide value to who actually needs right. lights? And that's where we found right. that validation. Well, especially with like electric skateboards, the fact that they're riding on streets, they're they're They need something to make them more visible. Exactly. And that's that's I think one of Shred Light's like strongest attributes is it makes you visible. It, yep. it gives drivers and other people around you awareness that you're there because otherwise you just look like a guy who's moving very quickly, you know, standing up. They, exactly. they don't know what's going on. And that that's still to this day why most people buy our lights is, is to be seen. Um, now that you've got the SL1000 out, you know, it's more, it's, we're getting there to, you know, where you can actually see, but yeah, uh, right. people mainly buy them to be seen. And I think what's really cool about the Eastgate community is that from the very beginning, they've actually taken safety seriously. <laughs> Definitely, which is yeah. a huge yeah. difference from the core skate community. You know, they wouldn't spend a dollar on safety, whereas the no. skate community is buying helmets and encouraging helmet use. And, and you know, it was it was a much much better fit for us. Um, so yeah, so now uh, Kyle and I had the company. Um, I was working a few other part time jobs, still going to school. Kyle had another job, so this is all kind of part time. But I was like super amped about the vision of the company and like now this you know potential that we had. So the next thing was um, trying to build lights that were better for electric skateboarders. So then we sent out another survey and started asking people like, okay, from the Gen 1 lights, and this is even before the high beams, um, you know, how can we improve? And of course, everyone said we want brighter lights. Um, So we started figuring out how to design brighter lights. Um, And just to rewind a little bit, but um, in our original design conversations, you know, before you design a product, you kind of come up with, what are like the the key design constraints that the product has to meet. Right. And we always felt that one of them was the ability to take the lights on and off. And that kind of started with the core skate industry of like, Hey, you don't want to have these lights on all the time because it adds a little bit of extra weight. And so you want to just be able to easily take them off and only put them on when you need them. So from the very beginning, you know, we always had wanted to make lights that could have a quick release and, and be easily taken off. So uh, once we started developing the high beams, the brighter lights, it was like super important that the mounts would be separate from the lights themselves. That way you could pop the lights on and off. So now we uh, raised another $10,000 from my dad and my neighbor. Thank God they still believed in us. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And saints. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Still, you know, can't believe they they believed in us, but it it paid off for them. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So then we took that money and we we got our first uh like fully molded product so at this point in time you know we were sourcing manufacturers just through alibaba um and we we were always building a custom product fully through but we were just using alibaba to locate manufacturers right they were doing all your tooling and all that kind of stuff and then they would send all the parts separately to us in san diego and then we were doing all of our assembly in san diego so you know, nights and weekends after class, I was building shred lights in all my Oh my time. gosh. So, you know, once that started to, well, you know, in this whole time, we're kind of slowly starting to to sell more and more lights. You know, it was never like overnight. It just took off. It was just slowly. Right. Month over yeah, month. it was a, it was a casual growth. Exactly. So as it started to get bigger and bigger, then I started enlisting my friends to start building shred lights and, you know, 
paying him in beer and in cash and however he could incentivize <laughs> him to to build shred lights for us. Um, and then I started thinking about, you know, more about like uh, what next products we could make, how we can improve the business. And at the time I was shipping all of our orders out of my bedroom. Um, oh my and, gosh. You know, I, I had to balance my time, which I think was it's like true small business. I was going to say startup problems right here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it, it was, it was really good to have limited time to work on shred lights though, because it really taught me like the value of time efficiency and like understanding how to best use the limited time I had. Um, and at the time, you know, I was still set on getting a degree, um, which uh, I kind of gl- glossed over, but uh, I decided to get a film degree from SDSU. So I'm kind of taking all of these film classes, um, learning how to make videos and stuff. And then in my free time, I'm basically getting, you know, entrepreneurship 101 just by by running. Just by lights. doing it. Yeah. Yep. So um, another kind of key moment was... Uh, this guy, Joe, Joe W, which everyone will know as SoCal legend. Oh, um, yeah, we know him. Oh, yeah. Yep. He hit me up and he's like, hey, uh, if I buy six combo packs, you know, can I get a, a little discount? And I was like, what? This guy wants six? Like, this is insane. What? Like, what is he doing? So I was like, can we meet up in person? Can I meet you? Like, I'm so curious to see, like, who you are and why you want six lights. So I went up to uh, Oceanside and met him for the first time, and he had two Evolves with him. And he started telling me about Evolve and how he rides all the time and that there's all these cool group rides. So Joe was kind of the first one to introduce me to group rides and the concept oh of you know, people like gathering communities around this thing. And so from then on, uh, we started kind of paying attention to group rides more. Um, and then soon after, uh, I met Mario uh, and Tom from New York who are running the yep. NYC eboarding crew. Oh yeah. And they were doing huge group rides there. Huge. Yeah. They're massive. Yeah. Even from the beginning they were doing, you know, like at the very beginning they were doing like 25 person rides when it was like unheard of. Yeah. Um, so I got to know them and I started kind of to really uh, understand the community aspect of electric skateboarding and how important that was and just how fun it was. You know, like, like once I went to my first couple of rides, I was like, this is way more fun to do. You yeah. Know, other people. It starts to make sense. Everything clicks. You're like, okay. All right, I get it. Yep. So, so yeah. So then uh, we released the high beams. Um, that was going pretty well, but we were having a big problem with the lights falling off. Um, so you know, because now people were going twenty miles an hour in New York, where the roads are super shitty, and so yeah. like it was a whole different type of scenario that we hadn't been able to test in San Diego because our roads are pretty good here. Um, so we started, you know, designing uh, the SL two hundred. And started trying to rethink the quick release uh, mechanism on how they attach, and that's when Kyle uh, started developing S Lock. Um, and yeah, so we you know we launched the SL two hundred in two thousand and eighteen, uh, and this is our brightest light, you know, two hundred lumens on the white lights, and uh, yeah, we added new flash patterns. The quick release was a lot uh, yeah. quicker and easier to use. And now we kind of had a foundation for the business. So that launch went really well because we kind of had a lot of people that already were using the high beams that wanted to upgrade to the new model. So um, that was really exciting. And then uh, another kind of key moment in our in our story uh, was a customer named Jeff Frick, who is in uh, Palo Alto. And he 3D printed his own uh, helmet mount. And he was putting the shred lights on his helmet. And I was like, huh. Like, that's really interesting. Why, why are you doing that? And he's like, well, it just provides, you know, a lot better light further ahead when you have light in your helmet. And I'm like, well, right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
So that's kind of where the idea to have, you know, shred lights be modular, be able to, you know, have a bunch of different mounts and you can use the same right. light on a lot of mounts. That's where that idea really started was, was learning from him. So, yeah, I mean, as you can tell, like it, it's always been, and it always will be super important to us to talk to our customers and understand, you know, what everyone wants and then base, you know, the trajectory of our company based on, you know, what people want and how do we, you know, keep providing more value and come out with stuff that people are, are going to want. Um, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Homegrown, you could say homegrown ideas. Exactly. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, the Eastgate market is so like technical and so many people have 3D printers and will design right. you know, their own stuff in their free time. And it's just like, it's so amazing compared to other other markets where, you know, people just expect companies to make everything. The Eastgate community is amazing at just taking, you know, the stuff into their own hands and designing stuff themselves. Um, so yeah, so then uh, the SL200 uh, is still out today, obviously. And then over the next uh, couple of years, we we came out with the bar mount, we came out with the action mount, and kind of really started to dive into the other uh, the other use cases for shred lights. And that's right. where he's kind of understood that one wheel lights, you know, aren't super bright, so we could provide some value there. Um, a ton of people that own an electric skateboard also own a bicycle, so they were just like, yeah, I just want to use the shred light on my bike too, so that way I just only have to charge one light. So we kind of started building a community around like the people that want to use their lights on multiple different uh, vehicles. Um, and so we came out with a bunch of different mounts. And then again, we started hearing a ton of feedback that shred lights don't help you see. And it was true, you know, 200 lumens on your board isn't going to be enough to ride 20 miles an hour. Right. It's not going to help you see ahead. So in late 2019, um, we started developing a brighter light. And uh, so I told Kyle, you know, hey, whatever it takes, we got to hit a thousand lumens. Like that's that's the goal. We got it. <laughs> that's gotta, the threshold. Yeah. Yeah. We got to figure out a way to hit a thousand lumens. And so, you know, he's stressed on He's like, holy shit, that's going to get super hot. You know, how are we going to design something that's going to be able to manage the heat uh, with the LED that bright? So pretty much all of 2020, uh, we were designing the SL1000. Um, and by March, we had made some good progress and we we're working with a design firm to help us develop the PCBs and then COVID hit. So, you know, this oh, is our, man. you know, this is our small business. You know, we're not, you know, we don't have a bunch of expendable cash to just sit on, you know, we're, we're still a startup. So we're like getting super nervous. Like, oh man, this, this could be really bad for us. We just have no idea. It's a ton of uncertainty. Yeah. So we, we had to kind of slow down the product development of the SL1000 and kind of, you know, lean out our business to try and be in the best case and, you know, best position in case things went south because we had right. no idea what to expect. And then um, April went by and our sales kind of plateaued, but they didn't sink. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this will be okay. And then in May, 2020, that's when the e-bike growth just skyrocketed. And now, oh, yeah. you know, people just, you had to get outside and do independent activities and they didn't want to ride in Ubers. They didn't want to ride in public transit everyone started buying e-bikes and e-skateboards and then our, our business continued to grow. And so, you know, that was like a huge huh. moment of confidence for us of like, you know, all these other businesses are failing and, and we're able to keep growing in this right. pandemic. So it was super exciting. Um, so yeah, we, we got the S1000 production back on track and, you know, it, it was super difficult to make a light that's going to fit around, you know, on a skateboard that's that bright. With right. That's not massive. Heat. Right. Exactly. So that's like with any shred lights we design for skateboards, the space constraints are so, so difficult. Like, especially with uh, oh, like yeah. the rear of belt drive boards, 
like getting the taillights on there is so challenging. And that's why we have to have right. four different skateboard mounts because every board is different though. You know, the, where the, the belts are outside of the board versus under the deck, you know, there's all these different scenarios and we have to figure out how to cater to all these different boards. Right. So, yeah. And they're constantly changing too. It's not like the one style belt motor is like the best and that's the only one that everybody starts making. They like are constantly trying to innovate like you guys are and coming up with different way to mount the belts, different motor sizes. Exactly. So it's like you have to be adaptable. Exactly. And you know, we can only buy so many ease gates. So you right. know, <laughs> without owning every board in the market, we have to like <laughs> ask our customers, Hey, can you send us pictures? You know, can you send us a close up picture of how much space is in there? And, you know, yeah. trying to like figure out, what the space constraints are without actually having the board. You know, we, we do have a lot of electric skateboards. We have, we have a lot of boards here, but you can't have every one. So we have to kind of find that balance between like, okay, what are the most popular boards? Let's buy those. Let's make sure it works on those. But then, you know, there's yeah. tons of outliers. Um, so we have to kind of figure out how can we make it work on those as well. So, yeah. So then um, SO1000, we got that out. Uh, we launched it in November um, on a pre-order and, uh, yeah, the launch went really well. People were super stoked about having a, a brighter shred light. Um, and yeah. after doing some research, we found that we had like accidentally created the smallest thousand lumen mountable light ever. <laughs> and it, it's Whoops. kind of just, just a yeah. casual, uh, uh casual you know. flex there. Well, I'm like, you know, I'm <laughs> in a good of, way. I'm trying to like develop this launch plan. I'm like, you know, what's the story of the S1000? Why is someone going to want to get this? And I'm like, it's pretty small, you know? So I start looking up like how small are other thousand lumen lights? And there are some that are smaller, but it's really annoying with flashlights. A lot of people will be like thousand lumens, but it's only for like a burst mode for like maybe five, oh, right. five minutes. So then I started looking and it's like, you know, any thousand lumen bike lights that actually have a runtime of like an hour or longer, were all bigger. And that's when I was like, that's wow. it. You know, we have the smallest one that actually has a sufficient runtime. Good charge. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, that launch went well. And actually, um, we are still catching up on production at 1000 you know, as I'm sure you guys have heard, every company's going through supply chain difficulties and, you know. Oh, yeah. Big facts. We're no different. So it's it's been longer than we wanted to get it up and running, but it's been working. And most of all, you know, our factories and everything have been staying safe and haven't been, you know, have been abiding by all the COVID protocol. And obviously that's the most important thing. So once yeah. that's met, you know, we've, we've found a way to kind of keep production going as, as fast as we can within those uh, limits. And uh, now, actually, next week, we'll have the SO1000 in stock shipping now for the first time ever. So that's, you oh know, my gosh. super, know. super exciting time here. Yeah, no, that's that's actually really good timing, too. Yeah, that's like perfect. It's, it's right at the beginning of the season for everybody in the northern states. So it's yep, exactly. It's good yeah. timing. <laughs> so so we're, we're super stoked about it. The feedback's been really good on the SO1000. Um, and the, uh, the S-Lock, we redesigned, so now it's a lot, lot stronger. Um, have either of you guys uh, seen the SL1000 in person yet? I have not seen it in person. No, no, I've been. Uh, what's his name? Brandon Ebor Brandon yeah. down in if Chicago. If Ebor Brandon's listening, you need to you need to come bring your SL1000. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> he's been like, hey, like come to Chicago. I've got it here. Come check it out. And I'm like, man, I gotta yeah. get down to Chicago. He keeps trying to get us there, and we we just nice. need to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys went out in October, right? Yep. Yeah, which was great because that was when he did his like shred lights takeover. So it was like perfect timing for us to be there. Um, yeah yeah and it was it was super fun yeah Yeah, we had a fantastic time yeah thank you guys for making that shred lights video by the way i was actually just watching that this morning (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah um who ended up uh who ended up editing that joe 
I for, I, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, was that Fanta Jake or was that Suicide Shots? I think it was a mix of both. <laughs> Let me but look. I, I honestly look. don't know off the top of my head. Let me look. I have I have a copy of what at least we made a few different Shred Lights style videos. Um, yeah. No. Um, yeah. The uh, Shred, Lights, Shred Lights electric skateboard ride. Um, the copy I have was made by Fanta Jake, who's actually a GR local and a fellow e-skater in the group here. And he just happens nice. to be a film major as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That video um, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he definitely added that to his resume again as a, as a filmmaker now. But, I mean, yeah. Um, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. We, we had a great time filming that. Um, it worked out kind of in a, a blessing in disguise where like the streets were really wet, which obviously is not ideal for electric skateboarding. Um, but it made some, for some cool reflections with the, uh, the white and red lights yeah. uh, off the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually like, I, I learned, uh, that it's like a Hollywood technique to like wet the ground. Like when you're doing driving scenes and stuff, like the Hollywood, oh, yeah. definitely to get that moisture on the ground and get those reflections. So yeah, that's what the pros do. Um, yeah, we lucked out. I mean, like having suicide shots with you to, to just film anything though, is that, that itself goes such a long way because oh, yeah, he kills it. even though it was wet out, it's like, yeah, I could have had like my iPhone taking video, but it, there's no way it would have been anywhere close to the kind of content that he films like he rides around like a absolute madman yeah and gets these shots and you're like how like like he's weaving in and out of like cars and traffic and like oh it was the dude is wild yeah it's in the name reason why he has yeah yeah. (laughs) it's in the name um yeah no he's he's a valuable asset to content creation no matter which brand you point him in the direction of but especially especially shred lights and just kind of on that content creation, um, so the SO1000 launch video, that was like personally really exciting because I actually filmed and edited that entire video um, myself. And it was really? like four weeks of just gnarly hours. Like I like I think the two weeks leading into the SO1000 launch, I worked 12 hours a day every single day. <laughs> yeah, I remember the uh, the amount of hype that went to that video it was all over reddit everybody was posting yep. it on instagram like <laughs> everybody was like oh my god they're they're doing it they're making a light that like you can kill people with <laughs> like it's just so bright you know yeah i and forgot who sent i just it remember there who. was so much hype everybody was sending it to me like look at oh, this yeah. look at this look at this oh yeah i don't remember who sent it to who if it was me to you or you to me but i remember being yeah. like i remember like oh new light and then i click it and i see how bright it is in the video i'm like oh we're out here. Okay, finally, like, yep. this is, like, add to add to cart. This is the add to cart nice. alert. Yep. Uh, yeah, but I was I was super proud of that video. I learned how to use uh, a program called KeyShot, where I made all the renderings, and that was my first project using it. So I had a yeah. ton of fun learning how to do all these renderings. And then I was out filming with uh, Joe. I, I filmed with a family friend of mine. We went mountain biking. I had just gotten a drone, so I got to use that. Oh I kind of got to like use like everything i'd learned about making videos in one project so that was just so so sick um and then i think that's really that's it's it's great when you get to utilize those skills that you went to school for but also like put it towards your passion yeah and that's why i was working so hard on it like the video definitely didn't need to be that good but i had like so much pride invested in i was like i just want to make like the sickest possible video yeah and then um Andrew from our, our customer support team, he does all of our uh, customer support and shipping. He's, he's actually kind of a, a legend in the support industry. <laughs> a lot of customers have, have uh, come to love him, but um, he's really passionate about music. So I was like, you know, hey, I could go buy a royalty-free song, you know, or I could challenge him to, to make a song for the video. Yeah. So he got to kind of use his passion and, and make the song, which turned out epic. And it just totally matched oh the Shred Lights vibe in the video. 
So it's like really cool that we got to, you know, create this whole video in-house. And yeah, so I'm just super proud of that video um, and all the work that went into it. Yeah, I think it goes a long way when you when you get a bunch of people that are all invested into something, it makes it feel like it's successful regardless of what the outcome is. Absolutely. And the fact that like you guys all had a great reception just makes it that much more enjoyable to be a part of that project. Yeah. So I'm sure like from his mindset, he's like, well, I'm just glad that like you offered it to like make me or offered me the chance to make music. So it's like for him, that was like the reward already. But then seeing the reception of it is probably like tenfold of that. Yeah, it, it was so cool. And everyone was, yeah, it was digging the video and stuff. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, we we pay attention to the community and we've heard just so much about us red lights aren't bright enough. So, so it felt so good. Yeah. To be like, Boom, here it is. This thing is bright enough. <laughs> Yeah, that, oh. I think that also goes a long way because um, I know obviously you guys got the feedback that like you've had shred lights pop off or whatever on rougher roads. And it's it's cool that every time a new light comes out, you got you guys rework the, the S lock and make it, you know, that much stronger, that much more durable or whatever, exactly. whatever needs to happen. So it's it, it's true. You guys are listening to your your customer base and your community. And that I mean, it's. Goes yeah, a long way for sure. That's who we do it for at the end of the day. So you know we got to be listening, and um, you know, kind of an important philosophy I have is like you know rather than moving on to new products, if a current product isn't performing well, then it's a priority to make that product good before we can move on to the next one. So um, yeah, and and all the people that have been using the S one thousand so far, we haven't had any of them fall off. Knock on wood. But um, yeah, knock on wood. That's that's it, good news. We will really put it good. to the test in Grand Rapids, rest yeah. assured. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. been really cool to get that feedback. Um, yeah, and I mean, uh, I can't share too much, but we are looking to use that new S lock design that's kind of improving now on on more products and stuff. And we know that the SL two hundred does still fall off. Um, so we we always budget. Um, inventory. So, you know, it, it's yeah. obviously a bummer for a customer if they lose a light. So we pretty much replace all lights because, you know, it, it's no, you know, shard lights can't be valuable to you if, if you lose them. So we definitely right. hear that. Um, and like I said, we, we have plans to, to bring this stronger S lock to, uh, the SL 200 and, and, you know, we hear it. So, so, I mean, like at this point in time, our number one priority this year is have all lights stay on at all times, which may oh be somewhat gosh, unrealistic, yeah. but we're going for it. I, I mean, like you, like you said, there's the, I don't remember what you said it was exactly, but it was like the minimum, uh, requirements for a product to be viable, right? Yeah. The MVP. Like yep. That, yeah, that for you guys is a much higher level. You're like, no, like just because people are buying it and it does the job, like we want it to be something that they buy and it always does the job. It doesn't have a failing point. And what's funny is like only a small percentage of our customers lose lights. Like the majority of people using the SL 200 don't lose it. But the people that do lose it, obviously, you're going to be vocal because, you know, you share exactly. bad news. Like, I think it's like five times more than you share good news. So oh, it seems sure. oh, yeah. like everyone's losing their lights. But, you know, we have all the numbers, right? We warranty every light. We track all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's not a majority. A majority of people have a good experience and use their lights for years right. without them falling off. But it's just right. so important to us to get, you know, as close to 100% as we possibly can. Gosh. That's good <laughs> to know a, that you guys legacy. like... What a yeah. legacy, like from where you started, like just, so we've only been talking for like 45 minutes, but already like this story has like had so many twists and turns and um, has such a satisfying ending. And obviously it's not the end of the company yet, but like oh, no, you yeah, guys have already got, come so far. 
Yeah, yeah, we've and we owe it all to our customers. I mean, the the Eastgate community has been so receptive and and been willing to give us feedback. You know, when someone does lose the light, you know, they're willing to tell us exactly what board they're using, where they're riding, how fast they're riding, yeah. and we log all this information. And you know, we've really tried to build value around our customer feedback, and that all starts with customers being willing to you know tell us what's wrong and telling us you know idea mm-hmm. their ideas on how to fix oh, it. Yeah. So I think Absolutely. you know. We just can't appreciate the community enough because they've they've really helped us get here. And and when they do lose their lights, they're very patient with us and they understand that we are doing our best. And it's really cool. Um, to right. Hear that. And that's a great point that you bring up that, you know, um, you know, you listen to the customer, you you place a certain amount of trust within reason in the customer and being like, yeah, I did lose my lights. Here's where it is. And of course, you track all that. Um, I can say from personal experience that like that's that's extremely uh noble of you. And that's a fantastic element of your business. And I've worked with other Eastgate companies where I've had to fight tooth and nail for even a fraction of that to be like, Hey, look, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not a a coincidence that all these customers, you know, are having the same problem in a short amount of time. You know, there's actually a problem with the product here. And I remember like, like, feel like bashing my head against the wall, trying to convince these people like, no, not every customer is out here to try to like rob you or steal you from the product. They genuinely believe in it. It's just not working properly and it's up to you to fix it and yeah. trust them. Like, yeah, you're going to have the occasional folks out there trying to scam or, or get free stuff. And, you know, A, that, that happens and, you know, you kind of have to take that into account. And B, I feel like a lot of that's pretty noticeable really oh yeah fast. you would i feel like yeah especially if you're tracking emails mm-hmm. and how many times they've requested lights or exactly whatever, like, yeah. you would very easily be able to tell if someone was uh you know throwing you for a loop and trying to, to scam you i was just gonna say um i was even looking at like previous messages yesterday from uh when i worked uh for an electric skateboard company and i like even saw like messages of me be- saying to them hey you know you've had three products with the same alleged issue in the last two weeks like this is not a coincidence these customers are not all coming together trying to like rip you off like it's just bonkers they're clearly having product defects and you need to take time and help them out and show them the value absolutely and there's some you know there's some leeway you got to give because it does take time to implement changes like this you know it is it's not an overnight change where you can have a new product you know designed and out the next day so there is some, you know, leeway you got to give to companies, but you know, if, if stuff's existing for a year or two, you know, that's plenty of time for them to redesign it and make it better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very telling of Eastgate companies because, uh, at least the ones that we've talked to recently, a lot of them really do care about their community and their main focus is to adapt with Eastgate. And with that, like it's such a young industry in the fact that it's just now becoming more and more mainstream that you have to be able to make those changes in order to survive. Exactly. Uh, I mean, there could easily be another light company, right? Like it's not like flashlights are a new technology, but being able to have them secured to the board, have them last long, have them be a brightness that actually visibly makes them stand out and see the path in front of them. Like that kind of stuff is what you have to focus on to set yourself apart. Exactly. And, you know, not to mention the after service, like, you know, we look at, yeah, I was just kind of talking about this with Andrew the other day, but, you know, it's, it, I like to say we're, we're in the business of building long-term customer relationships and, yes, you know, if we can make products that are more valuable over time, then great. But like when you buy a product from us and you email us two years later, we care about you and we want to make sure you're still having a good experience for years to come because, 
if someone, you know, can only have a good experience for a few months and then the product breaks and they got to find something else, you know, that's a failure. And so I I really try and focus on existing customers first before even think about trying to bring new customers because, you know, yeah, like I said, we got to build long-term relationships and and in return, we get a ton of useful insights from customers. And ultimately, you know, with our product, if you own tread lights and you rely on them to be seen at night and they break on you, now we're actually putting that customer in danger. And that's, you know, extremely important to us that, you know, these lights need to last so you can actually stay safe and be seen for a long period of time. And if your lights break or you lose one, we need to get you a new light as soon as possible because it's a safety thing and we we have to be there right. for the customers. Yeah, and I think you touched on a good point too that uh, retention is very key for a successful business. And if you look at businesses in the world that have existed for a long time, if you look at like Marriott, if you look at you know major businesses, the reason they're so successful is because they retain their customers. They, they have a really high retention rate. They have members. They have people that consider themselves a part of that like family of, of that brand. So exactly. once you become a customer of Shredlights, it's good to know that like you're a part of the Shredlights family now. Like they're going to take care of you. They're going to check in with you. They're going to make sure everything's good if you have an issue. And that's something that, you know, Shy Battery Systems is a very similar uh, mindset. And it's it's I think it's something that has to do with our our generation, um, whether we're millennials or Gen Z or whatever you want to call us. But we we focus so much more on community and being close to our customer bases and the people that we work with on a daily basis that that's more important to us than like the profit margin at the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, what it all comes down to is like internally uh, deciding where you're going to allocate resources. And what's kind of fucked up is a lot of companies allocate a ton of resources to advertising and acquiring new customers. Mm-hmm. And all it really is, is allocating more resources to, you know, uh, provide, you know, like keeping up with current customers, you know, whether it be warranties right. or, you know, right. checking in with them and stuff. And in turn, like a happy customer is going to tell people about your company as a result yep. of their happiness. And so allocating resources there is actually going to lead to more growth than just trying to constantly find new customers. Exactly. So it's, it's just amazing that companies, you know, a lot of companies don't think this way. They're just only focused about getting that next customer. And then once yep. they get them, they move on to the next one. And it's, you know, I, I'd love to see more companies focus on customer attention and allocating resources to keeping customers happy. That's good. I like I like that strategy and it goes great with, you know, Eastgate and uh, well, PEV. Now, now the people are riding unicycles and bikes a lot too, because obviously like we've been riding now for a handful of years, but to the vast majority of the world, these are still groundbreaking. Like these are oh, still yeah. brand new and these communities, these group rides, that word of mouth, both in real life and digital carry so much weight because we're, like I said, this industry is still really young. So the people that have been around for a minute, like Joe W, for example, you know, he's quickly amassed a, a, a large following and, and carries a heavy influence in what he says. And so when we take good care of customers, especially ones that have been in the in the Eastgate world for a while, that di- that digital word of mouth is going to multiply in value as yeah. you know, new riders show up to group rides. Oh, hey, what's that on your board? Oh, that's a shred light, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Do you um, like it? Yeah. And then exactly. they're like, well, yeah, they take really good care of us. Like, exactly. Okay. Then you just, you have another customer and you didn't spend any money on advertising exactly. other than taking good care of the customer. Exactly. And that, that's what I love to see. You know, I'm always kind of snooping on the Reddit and see, seeing what's up. And whenever people are like, oh, I lost my shred light today. 
there's almost always someone to comment like, oh, just hit them up. You know, I had that problem and they'll just give you yeah. a new one, you know, just, just shoot them an email and give them a chance to help you. And that's like go. a huge win for me that like, okay, you had a bad experience, but at least it's known that we're here to help. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's the name of the game. It's, it's kind of sad that like people's first expectation when they have an issue with their product is like, well, I guess I'm just screwed. Like that's, yeah, that I, is, I was, well, that's such a bad stigma. <laughs> I was, it's funny. This customer, I had a problem with the light and so we sent him a replacement and then he left us a review and was like, uh, yeah, they sent me a replacement and I sold it the next night. And I'm like, yeah. well, why didn't you like, we would have given you a refund. You could have just come to us to get your money back. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're not happy, that's okay. We'll give you a refund. That's part of our responsibility. But he just felt this, you know, uh, the sense of like, oh, they're not going to help me out. They're just some company right. out of profit. And it's like, no, we would have given you a refund. We would have oh made sure gosh. you were satisfied. He just oh. didn't give us a chance, but that's okay. You're always going to get those people. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely going to happen here and there. Yeah. So speaking of ways that uh, you guys kind of give back and, and take care of your, your riders, what are, what are some of the things that like you guys as shred lights like to do for your communities? Obviously you've done some of the um, like shred light takeovers and things like that. Um, but what, what kind of stuff do you guys like to push towards the community and, and kind of give back? I think, uh, so like a, a recent example, um, there's a guy named Alex, uh, who's, uh, on Instagram is zero to Epic and he's going to ride an electric scooter from, uh, Brooklyn to LA. And oh my God. so he had a GoFundMe to help raise some money for the the trip and his whole goal, you know, if his goal was to just do this ride, that'd be one thing, but his mission is to spread awareness, uh, for electric vehicles to help combat, wow. uh, fossil fuels. And so that really aligns with our mission. So we donated to his GoFundMe, we sent him lights, and we really want to support his journey because he, you know, he aligns with our bigger vision of, you know, how do we reduce carbon emissions from transportation? And so for us, you know, that's like, that's one way we do it. Um, aside from that, we we love to host group rides where we'll do like shred light giveaways. So if, you know, if they're doing a night ride and someone shows up without lights, they'll have a chance to win some lights there. Um, we do a lot of discounts. Um for groups that way you know if you show up and you don't have some lights you can get a discount from the admin of that group to go get some lights at a little bit of a discount to make the the price a little easier um and we also do that with uh there's a couple university clubs um that do that so we'll offer uh student discounts for those kids um yeah so trying to you know reduce the price where we can um and then uh beyond that you know we really want to share the stories of our riders there's so many amazing stories like you know just with like eboard brandon like he sold his car yeah. and now he just rides his eboard around so everywhere you know, <laughs> like, how, how do we help support this you know what, what can we do to help you know support this and so we'll we did the instagram takeover with him and we sent an email out to our list being like hey check out brandon this dude's pretty badass he's riding all over chicago like this is someone you're gonna want to check out so just simply sharing the stories of the community riders I think really goes a long way because people that are unaware of the community, but might own an e-skate now are kind of understanding like, Oh, there's actually some really sick individuals in the space that I want to follow. And I want to learn more about. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's actually funny. I, I, I know Brandon and I did not know that he like sold his car just so that he could commit to e-skate full time. Yep. Yep. He did. Like it makes sense now that I, now that it, like you say that I'm like, yeah, well that makes sense why he puts like thousands and thousands of miles on his <laughs> skate. Yeah. Also, I get it now. He also does, you know, 40 mile rides for fun and stuff, but yeah, he, he's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just casually does yeah, <laughs> like a 60 mile day. Yeah. I recall. Yeah. I recall him vaguely, uh, bringing that up. I, I, when we were down there in October, like, uh, Joe was off somewhere else and I recall him vaguely mentioning like selling his car and I just kind of looked at it and I was like, so what, what are you going to do in the winter? And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> this, hard, yeah. this man's hardcore. 
Yeah, he is. And I also vaguely remember him at like 2 a.m. being like, yeah, we could do like 40 miles tonight. Like, that's no problem. <laughs> and we're yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's, it's like 2 a.m., man. And he's like, yeah, like, let's just do like 20, 30, 40 miles, whatever. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know, to anyone anyone that listens to this podcast, if you have a local event coming up and you need sponsors for it, you need you know more attention to the event, reach out to us. You know, we're always looking to sponsor. You know, even if the event's only going to be 15, 20 people, that's fine. We, we're always looking to get involved with the community. So feel free to reach out to us, and you know, we we'd love to help bring more attention to the event and um, do whatever we can to help uh, you know encourage more community events. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real grassroots. But it's real, uh, and of course, it's successful with your guys' story. And um, I think this is just the beginning of Shred Lights. I'm sure you guys have stuff already kind of in the idea world, in the process, in, in the cookbooks that you're not allowed to talk about yet. But um, obviously, we'll take any hints uh, that you can <laughs> give us. But you've already, uh, to be fair, you've already given us some hints about some 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 future plans. Yeah, I can talk um, about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... It, it, it there's a guy on reddit like six months ago and he was or, or another guy on youtube but a lot of people get the sense that you know we're just like one guy said oh those guys are just lining their pockets and i will just it, it, i shouldn't let it get under my skin as much as it does but like if only they knew how hard we worked you know and, and we're not rich over here right like we reinvest everything in the company and i think what i'd like more people to understand is like when you buy shred lights today you're giving us resources to create more cool products that you're going to want and so, you know, we're looking to expand our lineup. You know, right now, you know, the SL1000 coming out, this is the first time we've ever had two products out at the same time. So I think, you know, over the next couple of years, what you're going to see is us coming out with a range of products. So you can go on our website and buy, you know, uh, several different products that all work together um, and, you know, can really help you light up in, in many different ways rather than just the SL200 or just the SL1000. So I think, you know, buying short lights today, you're investing in our future. And we are so excited to use that money to invest in more new products and become better. <laughs> well, I guess that's that's cool, too, because then when you do a range of products, it also typically has like a range of price points, too, um, because, you know, not everybody might have the budget for an SL 1000. So like getting an SL 200 might be the perfect, uh, you know, product for them. Yeah, that's um, and, definitely something. Yeah. And that, that goes a long way as well. Yeah, that's definitely something I'm interested in down the road um, is, you know, our, our manufacturing costs are not low. You know, that's, that's another thing that I think a lot of people think is like I've seen plenty of times people like, oh, shred lights, they're making them for a dollar. You know, they're just sourcing parts from Alibaba and making it together and, you know, making all this money. But our manufacturing costs are not, you know, low. We, we have, you know, we're still a startup. We have small ordering volumes still. So, you know, um, it's hard for us to make uh you know, a sub $20 product. But I think as we get bigger, that's definitely something I'm interested in. Um, oh, yeah. You know, obviously the features will be will be stripped down a bit, but I definitely want to offer uh, some lower price point stuff down the road because I know that, you know, some people, you know, don't know about night riding and they just want to test it out and dip their feet in the water and they don't want to spend 100 bucks right off the bat. They just want to go on one night ride a month and see how it is. And then, you know, they'll see, oh, there's way less traffic. All the popular areas mm -hmm. are empty. And now I can go ride in all these places. Okay, now it's worth it to me to buy the SL1000. Yeah. I would argue that night riding is better than day riding. Oh. I think by a slight edge. And yeah, I'll fight it, anybody. It, it edges it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think there's, especially in our city, there's multiple advantages to night riding. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people have responsibilities during the day. So sometimes, you know, 
you might have a family and might, you might have to get your kids to bed by eight o'clock. And then now, you know, after eight, that's your chance to go out and enjoy your one wheel or, or go ride your e-skate. And so, you know, it, it opens up the opportunity where a lot of people end up having the most free time at night. So I love it. I will, I will say this. I'm, I'm sure this has already crossed your mind at some point, but I would love a chest light, like Iron Man. Interesting. Like either, okay. Either an, either, uh, uh, like a mount rigging system that's just a chest piece and then you slide the, the shred lights in there kind of in a circle circular fashion and then you turn them all on or one individual you know big light like an sl1000 just kind of plopped in there and would, that, you, would you want that light to more to be seen or more to see um i would like it to be able to have a rotatable axis uh, kind of like a tiny little bike light that i have um so i can actually either point it down at the ground to see or point it up to be seen by cars depending on the situation cool Jot it down. Anyways, yeah, that's my shame. That's my shameless uh, shooting my shot of product <laughs> ideas. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, keep that in the podcast. That's that's what it all takes, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm super curious. If you guys are in my position and you have unlimited resources, what would you make next at Shred Lights? Uh, so you guys kind of already have the product, but there with with the tech of skateboards getting longer and longer ranges having the uh, ability to have like an external battery pack that actually hooks up to a shred light. So let's say you have like two like shoulder mounted, like SL one thousands or whatever. Like if you're going on a super long ride or something, like depending on how far you're going and what you're doing, like you might run out of juice on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to to have like an external battery pack, that like just plugs right into the like USB port and have it still function would be nice. awesome. Yeah, so I can talk a little bit about that because I, I believe the same thing. I'm, I'm totally on the same page. And with the SL1000, early on, I was really pushing to have a swappable battery. And yeah. it was so difficult to design at a reasonable price point. Like the SL1000, you know, could have been like $120 retail, you know, to, to do that. And then we have, um, you know, a lot of challenges with sourcing batteries and stuff. But that was something I really wanted was a swappable battery. So you can just have a few extra, swap it in. Yeah. And then the next thing I really wanted was pass-through charging. So that way you could just yep. plug in another battery into it, which was also really challenging and was going to increase yeah. the price. So that's kind of, you know, with our small size right now, we have to really boil down, like, what are the essential features? Let's make sure we hit those. And there's kind of a lot of, we yeah. call it wish list items, where it's like, yeah, that'd be great, but it's going to keep increasing the price. And at the end of the day, you know, right. the ending price is important and we have to make sure we're hitting, right. you know, the right price. But um, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Plus, I mean, and for those people that also use them for like their bike or, you know, whatever else they're using, if they're using it for camping or something like uh, I know, I know like skate packing is becoming a thing where people actually like load up a backpack with all their like camping gear, ride their (laughs) e-skate out and like do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're riding at night at all and then having to use your light at camp, like you're going to run out of battery pretty quick. So that's fair. Yeah. Stuff like that, I think, goes a long way. Like longevity of battery life is only going to get better, and Absolutely. hopefully, you know, you guys take that to heart and <laughs> yeah, move along with the battery tech. Yep. There you go. Yep, that's the goal. And yeah, and and just on that note, we do we only use like the best batteries we can find. So not only the highest capacity, like w- like once we lock in the dimensions of the battery, we only use the highest capacity name brand batteries we can use um you know to have the most charge cycles and the best you know uh 
the best capacity. Um, and that's I'm- good to know too. Cause, uh, something we recently learned, uh, from shy battery is that there's like different stock of batteries. So like, there's like the a stock, which are like the good batteries that everybody wants. And then there's like the B stock, which is the same battery. It just doesn't have as good a capacity. Exactly. So like a company could say, Oh yeah, we're using the, you know, the 1860, whatever, blah, blah, blah battery. But it's like, the B stock and it's not as good as the actual version. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's yeah. good to know that you guys actually know about that and are actually taking that into consideration when you're, when you're packaging batteries. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, with the SL 1000, you know, uh, the cheaper batteries, we're going to get like 200 charge cycles. So, you know, it's like not that long, you know, someone's charging it every day and they're using it every day. That's not even a year. Right. So that was a huge consideration. So we got one that it was the most charge cycles possible, which is 500 charge cycles. So, you know, that again plays into that lifetime value yeah. of like, you know, is this like going to be still useful and still have good battery capacity in two years? And that's, you know, stuff we're thinking about. Yeah. And there's, there's another, you know, attribute to the, to the value aspect of things, you know? Yeah. It, people it, are, people are buying a product that they can keep using. It's not like a dollar store, oh, use it for a few months and then go buy another one. And I think that's, customers that are happy with us that's kind of where they justify the higher price of shred lights is like hey this is actually going to last you know um whereas like people would be like oh i can get a thousand lumen light on amazon it's like okay well once it breaks are you going to be able to even get hear back from that company are they even going to care that you had a problem you know right and you know they're definitely using the lower quality batteries like it's cool to know that people like understand that you pay for quality and you know you get what you pay for yeah yeah. You get what you pay for is a very um practical life lesson in eSkate. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. learned, I've learned yep. both the good way and the hard way. You get what you pay for. Oh yeah. Like some of those budget brands you on Amazon. A lot of the ones that don't even exist anymore. It's like, uh huh. Like that makes sense. That's why that company didn't yeah, stick around like at all. The number of surprise, customers surprise. that are using the board after a year is like close to zero. And it's like, that's, that's the number one thing that is important. You know, whenever someone's like, Hey, I want to get an electric skateboard. I tell them like, yeah, you can get in, you know, and get one for four or 500 bucks, but just keep in mind, you're going to have to do maintenance on that. You're going to have to learn how to repair Mm -hmm. this thing yourself. And you know, there's going to be more maintenance straight up, but if you spend a little more, then you don't have to worry about it. And it's, you know, it's going to have a way better chance at uh, stick staying working (laughs) longer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so speaking of innovations, are there any shred light thing or like prototypes that you guys came up with that you were like, no, this will, this will not go to market. It is not good. Do you have any like, like shred like goofs? Um, not any major ones. We're pretty good about like identifying, you know, how do we be efficient? Um, I would say like, I, I was really interested in doing, um, helmet decals, like reflective helmet decals for a while. And it kind of just came oh, out yeah. to like. You know, is this, are we actually going to be able to do better than what's already out there? And it kind of came down <laughs> right. to like, no, you can kind of just get reflective decals from anywhere. And we're not really going to be able to to do that. So yeah. I spent a good amount of time, you know, cutting all these custom decals that would fit perfect on the Thousand Helmet and perfect on the Rurock and the TSG. And that, that project didn't see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess anybody could really go out and buy some like reflective tape and be like, all right, I just made your product and I cut the stencil the same way. So look at me exactly yeah but yeah. um that's a good idea though i do i do think that uh you know high visibility helmets and things like that definitely should be something that people consider um, along with lights because one like high vis has been around for the longest time and 
there's a reason why like runners and bikers use it. So exactly. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, Shredlights is a company that's going to help you, you know, ride safer at night. And, you know, our current products are how we're doing it right now. But ultimately, like that's our end goal is how do we keep people safe at night? And there's a lot of ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to sum it up. I feel like yeah, it's a good way to sum um, up the strategy and the value. Yeah, absolutely. So can we expect to see any shred lights takeover happening soon with any of our favorite riders out there? Uh, I don't have the next one scheduled yet. Uh, we did the one with, uh, with immortal lines in Hawaii. I don't know if you guys saw that one, but, uh, that was really yeah. sweet, but, um, it, it's kind of, some people are doing rides. Some people are still not doing yeah. rides for the COVID and stuff. So yep. I think, as of right now, I haven't had interest from any other ambassadors um, to do it. But hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to do something, let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with like vaccines starting to roll out, like I'm I'm excited to have group rides kick back up into full gear. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I definitely missed that over the last year. Yeah, yeah. There's a noticeable yeah. gap missing there in my life mm-hmm. over the la- over the last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, so something that we kind of ask all of our guests that come on the show, um, what is your dream board? If you could create any electric skateboard, uh, or personal electric vehicle in this case, um, what would that board be like and what features would it have? So, all right, I got, I got an interesting answer, but I would say there is no dream board. There's a dream quiver. So I'll, I'll keep it to three boards. Uh, okay. Ooh, clever answer. Okay. I like that. My dream quiver, um, I love the one wheel XR. I ride that thing all the time. So I went, that one definitely has a spot there. I, I still snowboard all the time and stuff. So I, you know, I, I love the one wheel. I've been learning that float those slides. Yeah. I've been learning tricks on that. So that's been super fun to get into. So I'd definitely say a one wheel and that would kind of be my, uh, my main all terrain board. Um, second, I've really had a ton of fun on the Meepo mini two, uh, coming from street skating. I love having a kicktail and being able to ollie up and down curbs. And I just love the, the shortboard size. So yeah. I would say, um, I, I mean, honestly, I did really like the Meepo Mini 2, but I burned out the hub motor going up uh, Twin Peaks in San Francisco. So it is oh, out of commission right fair. now. That's well, fair. I, would have, like, I can that see that happening. surprise me at all. But I got my eye on the the Hoyt Street booger now. That thing is sick. Yeah. And I heard from them that they're like super dedicated to making it indestructible. So I do want to pick up one of those soon. So I would say yes. I'll, I'll replace the Mini 2. I'd say uh, the Hoyt Street booger would be my next one, which I haven't ridden yet, but just based on everything I've seen, I think I'd love it. So I'll be picking up one yeah. of those soon. And then the third one that I really want to try and build soon is um, I really want to do a backflip on an electric skateboard. So I can do backflips on a snowboard, oh, yeah. and I really want to get an e-skate that I can do it on. So I really want to try and make okay. like a basically like a Cali board that's as light as possible with a hot yeah. swappable battery. Like, so, yeah. so to, to answer the one question of what is my dream board, that's what I would say it is, is a really lightweight alter, like a trampa board with bindings. Yeah. I was going to say trampa sounds very familiar to this. Yep. And then I'd love to like go hit some BMX courses and start doing tricks and stuff. That sounds super fun to me. So I, I think this year I'll, I'll step up and get one of those. Nice. Yeah. I, I vaguely yeah. recall seeing, and either the audience or you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure the first documented backflip on an electric skateboard was done by the Trampa team. It was, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, yeah. I had this, I've had this idea for two years, and I was going to try and modify my boosted board to do it. <laughs> I, 
never I mean, got around to it. And then I saw those yeah. guys do it on the Trampa YouTube, and I was like, holy shit, they did it. This is actually possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I That's do the wait, though. That. That's what's so scary about it. Cause like, yeah, like on a snowboard, like snowboards are, are fairly light. Like there's really not much, you know, to it other than like the bindings and the, the board itself. But like a, a actual e skate has that massive battery. Yeah, that's so you why, definitely you know, would have to have yeah a hot I would go swappable. With like yeah, something that has you know three three or four miles of range that's hot swappable, and you just go to the yeah. track, and you know it'd be more about like running it at the track and swapping the batteries as needed, just to try oh, and yeah. keep it, you know hopefully at like fifteen pounds. Yeah, and I think if you if you if you made the hot swappable feature good enough, you would be able to like have like five or six batteries, so that way there's always something constantly charging, so that way you exactly. can ride as long as you want. Yeah, be like a track board. I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I think like that's kind of one of the directions the sport's going to go in is is doing more tricks. So I think you know, even if you're only riding your board, you know, in your neighborhood, everyone wants to see people doing tricks on these things. Like those, yeah. everyone likes to see that stuff, and it's super innovative. So I think I want to kind of dabble in that myself more. <laughs> yeah, and I know like Evolve does their like World Cup or whatever they call it, and. Like they do, they do track riding with their Evolve. So it's like track riding's already out there. You just have to come up with a board that's like designed for it. Yeah, I, I did the World Cup uh, when they came to San Diego, and we we rented out, well, Evolve rented out the Olympic BMX track in Chula Vista. Yeah, and it was the funnest event ever. Like all these high G's and bumps, like super high energy. We had a start gate that you're starting out of. They had an oh, that's so cool. They had like times uh, little chips that you would wear so you got your exact time like that's so cool it was so <laughs> much fun yeah I, I would like to see more companies start doing stuff like that like i think that that's that's the future of e-skate is like actual like professional racing on e-skates yeah did you see the uh one wheel racing league yeah i did see that yeah that's I, I there's a, a west coast regional qualifier that i'm gonna go to it, the the date's still tba but it's in vegas so i'm gonna go uh try and try and race in that thing that'd be super fun absolutely It'd be so cool <laughs> yeah i i think racing i i was talking to uh somebody in chicago a couple days ago about it yeah i, I would love to see like timed races some grand prix style mm-hmm. um obviously the dream is like mario kart but that's pretty dangerous um <laughs> <laughs> mario kart vibes um yeah. Or just like, you know, point A to point B and then like timed races where you have to like strategize charging and, you know, locations and, you know, pacing yourself and um, kind of you know like what? the uh, those I, those long term car races that they do in Europe where it's like 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Um, that actually that's what I forgot about, Joe, when you asked about a product, uh, Shredlight's product never made a day. I don't know how I forgot about this. Yeah. We made the sickest app in like 2016. So this is when we were still focused on, you know, street skating and stuff. And at SDSU, uh, I met this kid named Anthony, who was a really talented developer. And so we made a Shred Lights app, and it never was actually on the App Store, but it was so sick. So what you could do is uh, you could set routes. So like I had this hill by my house uh, by SDSU, oh. and I set a route. And so you could start, have a start point at the top and an end point at the bottom. And then anyone on the app, even if you didn't open the app, if you just had it in the background you could go down that hill and then it would put your time on the leaderboard. So you can oh, like so cool. map yeah. out spots around your neighborhood and then compete against people to do those like segments. So that, that, that would be pretty cool. Never fully made it out, but I had a ton of fun testing that app. <laughs> yeah. That has a lot of good applications for no matter what kind of vehicle you're riding. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, people love the one wheel app because there's like the leaderboards and stuff. Like, it would basically just be a leaderboard for anybody, right? Like, it'd be accessible to everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I like that. Strava does it really well. I use Strava a lot, and they have that exact feature where you can use segments and then you yeah. can compete against people and see, you know, who can run the fastest mile in this area. And um, they ended up coming out with it shortly after we had to close down the app. Ah, uh, Strava. Taking taking shred lights glory. <laughs> they they still don't have skateboarding as a sport in there. I gotta like shoot them an email be like, guys, you gotta get on this. Add skateboarding as a sport. Yeah, like part, <laughs> yeah, partner with point. us. Just say like this this part of the app is <laughs> featured by shred lights. <laughs> uh what's the app called? Endomondo owned by Under Armour. They have skateboarding on there, actually. That's the one I use. Okay. That's um, actually surprising. Yeah. Of course it's not electric skateboarding, but you know. No, but uh, I mean, hey. Yeah. Yeah, give step give in the right direction. Years. Yeah, no, they do have skateboarding. However, like obviously the stats are all whack. So like when I'm done riding 20 miles on my e they're like, yeah, you burned 8,000 calories. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice job going up that half a mile hill straight up in like 10 seconds. You know, that's how Terminal X keeps his figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just raw skateboarding. <laughs> well, that's what we we found is a lot of people would just cheat and they would just drive. So they like. Like oh I had God. this yeah. route and I had like, you know, like I, was, I forget the time, but let's just say it was like 21 seconds. And then my buddy's like, check it out, dude. I got seven seconds. And I'm like, what? Wow. Like, I, what? I, I just drove in my car and I was like, oh, that, that's a bug. Yeah. <laughs> like I hate you. That will get fixed. That will get fixed in the next update. Uh, that's awesome. Um, so do you have any future projects you want to share with us other than uh, the S lock or, or are you, or are you um, tight lift on out. this? I mean, yeah. So obviously, like I said, I mean, the SL1000 is in stock shipping now. So that's like, you know, the, the main thing I can share right now, because obviously, you know, it's out. Um, but I think something I can share is that we definitely want to come out with more colored lights, like RGB lights. Um, you know, right now we're Ooh, that's good. very safety focused with the white and red. But, yep. you know, it's, it's way more fun to, or not more fun. I, it's also fun to, uh, you know, be decorative and have sweet RGB lights that, you know, uh, coordinate with your speed and different stuff like that. So we definitely want to come out with some more RGB okay. stuff um, okay. pretty soon. There you go. Um, Maybe someday yeah. lights that will sync up with like music that's playing somehow through some phone yep. connection. Bluetooth and then, lights. I like that too. Yeah. In in addition, um, obviously we were paying close attention to the boosted beams launch and, you know, we love the idea of being able to control all your lights, you know, easier than turning them all on and off. So that's yeah. that's the extent of what I can share, but we definitely are Ooh. trying to create an ecosystem where you can control all your lights together um, and and have it be a lot more seamless. So we're juicy. I love it. We got the wheels, wheels spinning on that. This is this is the kind of content that I like. Cutting <laughs> <Yep>. edge. <laughs> awesome. Well, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, obviously, you're a very busy guy with with shred lights and uh you know it's it's always appreciated when we one get wheel racing from the community yeah one <laughs> wheel racing your future as a as a backflipping uh electric yeah. skateboarder um but regardless like it's it's always a pleasure getting to speak with people that are members of the community um not just as riders and group riders but also as like a business it's it's always uh fun to hear your guys insight so Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to you guys, you know, creating podcasts like this is, is also super valuable. You know, you guys taking the time to set up this interview with me and, and ask all these, you know, important questions that people want to hear about that has a ton of value in the community too. So shout out to you guys for, for getting this started and sticking to it. No, we appreciate, appreciate it. Man. Thank you. Yeah. It's a reward. Yeah. That's fun to do. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So until next time, uh, this is Electric Skatecast. Um, and again, you can follow us on Instagram at Electric Skatecast. Um, you can also follow me. I am at JGranGR. You can follow Terminal X at Official Terminal X. What? What? And definitely go follow Shred Lights at Shred Lights. Hell yeah. Thank you guys. Get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Eric.